Good evening, everybody. We are going to be Bezrat Hashem learning Erevin Daf Kuf Beis. But we'll start with the Mishnah on Kuf Aleph Amud Beis. We are in the home stretch. The Mishnah is discussing, as we've already been saying, Hamoitzi Tfilin, issues of Shabbos. Mesechas Shabbos and Mesechas Erevin are very interconnected, and the last parak of Mesechas Erevin doesn't really have anything to do with Erevin. What are we discussing in this Mishnah? Neger Sheyesh Berosha Glustra. Neger is a component of a door. What does doors have to do with Erevin? Nothing. We're talking about Hilchas Shabbos. We're talking here about Binyan issues. We're going to be talking about Ohel Rai and the like. We'll see these Binyan issues. What is the Neger? It's the bolt. The bolt has on the head of it a knob, so technically it could have some other use. Maybe you want to grind something with it. But that, that's not what you're doing with it. You're using it as a component of a door. Now, if it was not part of the door already, and now you're adding it to a part of a door, so what you're creating, in effect, is a hosafa, right? You're adding onto this door. It's a type of construction. And therefore, says the Mishnah, Rabbi Eliezer also. Rabbi Eliezer is going to prohibit the use of this particular bolt. And Rash, as Rashi explains elsewhere, that he's Mosif al He's turning he, something that's already built like a door, and he's making it more, he's adding to it. That's a type, is a derivation of the Malacha of Binyan. However, Biosi Matir, Biosi is going to see Matir because what he's taking really is a component that already had some functionality, which would for grinding, and therefore it's Mutter. So Amar Rabbi Yezer, now both Rabbi Yezer and Biosi are going to bring stories to support their position. Amar Yezer, Maisa Beknesset Shabbat Tveria, and Shul and Tveria, Hayinogim Baheter. So yeah, they used to hold like it was Mutter, like you or Biosi. However, Achebar Gamliel and Zkenim ended up saying that it was Osir, so they agreed with me. But Rabbi Yossi had a similar story, but the opposite. Rabbi Yossi Aymer, Isr Nahagbun. No, no, no. In that shul, they initially were ossering it in Tveria. Uvar Rabbi Gamliel, Vazakanim, Vayatir, Lahain, and the Zakanim actually came and made it Mutter. So they therefore agree with me. Okay, let's see what this Machlokis is, and the Gemara is going to start fine tuning it. Says the Gemara. Benitil Igdo. That this idea, this machlokas is only when the bolt can be picked up by what? The aguda, right? The, something that attaches it. A cord to which it's tied. We're going to see that the, the, this is, becomes very significant, that it has to be tied with a strong cord. If it's tied with a strong cord, then one could argue that it really is part of the door. Says the Gemara, Kule al-Malopligi. There it's clearly set aside to be a door bolt, and it's tied very strongly to said door, and therefore just by inserting into the door, you haven't really done anything because there's already a connection. In other words, can't you say the components of a door? Okay, so let's say some of the components are a little tighter and some of the components are a little looser, but if they're all part of the door, then you haven't really done anything by inserting them. Okay, so there everybody, the Gemara suggests, is going to not be called. Like they're going to say that that's mutter. However, Kipligi, when do they argue? As we arrive at Kafbeza Madalaf, Bishaino Nitil Beigdo, when the bolt can't be picked up by the cord, which is to say that the cord is weak, it's dental floss. Okay, so if that's going to immediately snap, so then you could say the physical connection between the bolt and the door is actually very weak, and therefore we're going to say, in fact, that it's going to be not considered part of the door. And then you could have a machlokas already. As the Gemara says, Demar, Savar, Kevin, the Ishbarosh, Glustra, Torah's Kli. I love, as we already said, right, that Rabbi Yossi would hold that the fact that it already has some functionality by, by virtue of its shape, the anatomy of it allows it to do other things like grind things, so that's going to be mutter. However, because it already has a, a status of a Kli, so that's interesting, right? There's so much Ian that can be said here. So what if it has status of a Kli? Isn't it a Binion anyway? So apparently... Part of the binion is that this is something that was useless, and then you're adding it. If it's useless already, so it doesn't have its own individual value, and then by adding it to the door, then presumably you're you're adding to the door. But 
but also um, giving it a a value, like we say when we're opening bottles. So those who answer it say, you know, you're turning it from something non-functional to something functional. So maybe vis-a-vis this bolt, that's what's going on. Okay, Umar Savar came into Eno Nitab Igdo Lo. Right, and we see the Rebbe is holding it from the other thing. So I think there's two streams of consideration and concern here. One is this idea of whether it has any other functionality, whereas Rebbe is simply talking about, well, it's not attached. If it's not attached, then it doesn't perhaps matter that it's a cleave, but still it's going to be a Mosif Binyan when you put it together. So that, I think, is the reasoning of what's going on behind here. Certainly you can dig deeper because they seem to be functioning on two different uh, planes over here. But certainly Rebbe Yezer is simply saying if it's not connected, so therefore it's not going to be um, considered part of the door, and therefore putting it on would be considered a bona, and that would be usr. Which leads us into the next Mishnah, where we have the same bolt that we were talking about. However, it's dragging now. It's dragging on the ground. It says the Mishnah, Neger Hanigrar. A door bolt is dragging on the ground. Okay? You've got a nice long cord. Okay? Noah Linboba Mikdash. Avaloba Medina, what's going on here? Well, in the base of Mikdash, they allowed Shvus. We have a concept, Ein Shvus Mikdash. We wanted things to run very smoothly in the base of Mikdash, and therefore anything that would be a violation, Midirabanan, the Rabanan had the power to make Gezeros, certainly, but they also had the power to suspend them in certain situations. And so if something was going to be Asr Raisa, then certainly we'd not be able to violate it unless we have some sort of specific halacha that you are allowed to do it for the sake of a vodas Mikdash. But certainly the Isurim Darabanan were suspended in order to allow um, avodah b'mikdash, any avodah b'mikdash that bumps up against an isadurabanan is going to be allowed. It's called ein shvus b'mikdash. Therefore, we are assuming that this is a rabbinic uh, problem. Neger hanigrar, the bolt that's dragging, is a rabbinic issue. <coughs> and therefore, uh, you can use that to lock the door in the base of mikdash because this is simply a derabanan issue with this dragging bolt, and you, that those are suspended in the base of Mikdash. Avaloba Medina. The Medina just means in the, in the country, uh, outside. It just means outside the base of Mikdash that generally we do have a Gezer derabanan here, but it simply doesn't apply to the base of Mikdash, but it applies to everyone else outside of the base of Mikdash. Vihamunach, however, if the bolt is so far from the, uh, from, from the door, that's hamunach. It's just laying on the ground. Therefore, kan v'kan aser. It's going to be aser both in the the base of mikdash and in the medina. The chiddush here being that even in the base of mikdash, such a thing would be, would be prohibited. Apparently, this would be aser mido araisa. What's the iser? So apparently, it'd be the iser of bone, right? Of just taking something that's completely removed from the door and simply attaching it and making it part of the door. Now, Rabbi Yudaimer, he's going to bring everything, move everything one. Shifted one slide over. Yudomer hamunach mikdash. A bolt that rests on the ground, completely unattached, is going to be allowed in the base of mikdash. That's what's also midur abanan. Vanigrar medina. However, if something is dragging, so that's actually going to be allowed even outside of the base of mikdash. So apparently, um, if we look again into the sort of like logic behind here, Rabbi Huda is going to say, well, as long as something is. Um, let's say, munach. So if something is munach, you still have, let's say, intention of attaching it to the door. So maybe that's where the Isidur is. In other words, why do you have to have a physical connection 
uh, to the door. Maybe Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda holds that you just have to have a connection, a connection of intent. And if you have such a connection, so it's going to be Osir Banan, but that's going to be suspended in the base of Mikdash. So let's say you have a bolt, it's laying down near the door or it's off to the side and you intend to, it's meant to be part of the door. So because it's meant to be part of the door, Rabbi Yehuda perhaps will hold that's not really going to be Binyan Midor Raisa, it's only Binyan Midor Banan. Uh, whereas if it's attached to the door already, so then even if it's Nigrar, he's going to say that that's okay, uh, even the Medina, because it's already attached to the door. So why would there be any binyan whatsoever, even Medirabanan? Why should it not be allowed according to Rabbi Yehuda? And so now the Gemara is going to fine tune some of this discussion. What is this dragging bolt that you can? Uh, that you can use in the Mikdash, not in Medina, according to the Rabbanon. So it's tied and it's suspended, so it's not so close to where it's supposed to be, but it is suspended uh, to the point where Rosh Echad it's just kind of dragging. It's a dragging bolt. Rabbi Yehuda, however, Ze'af bin Medina Mutter. Rabbi Yehuda says this would be Mutter everywhere. There's no Isra Durabanan here. Ela Ezehu Neger, Shinolin bin Mikdash of Allah Medina, Kosher Eno, Lo Kosher, Velo Toloi, Veshamto Manicho Bekaran Zavis. Here, we're actually emphasizing, we're being even more dramatic with Munach. We're saying not only is it completely detached and not dragging on the ground and attached, but it's actually Manicho Bekaran Zavis. It sounds like it's set aside actually in a corner. It's not even like at the door, at the foot of the door, um, indicating certain intent of putting it on the door. It's simply apparently only attached by the owner's intent or the individual's intent to make it part of the door, the, bu- the door builder's intent, as it were. Okay. So now the Gemara is going to say that the Lacha is actually the record of Yehuda, the Benigra is going to be Mutter Lagamre. But that's only if it's attached to the door itself, as Rashi says, can't be tied to the door post. It has to be tied to the door itself. And then it's going to be mutter even in Medina. So Gemara says, why is Rava saying this? Rabbi Tavla used to tie to the door post. And he saw a bolt that was what suspended from the bar of the door of a He didn't have any problem with it. Did I say meant that he tied it to the doorpost? I meant that he went to the town of Mechuza. But it ends up being the same story. Basically, he went to Mechuza and he saw it, that it was tied to the bar of the door, meaning the doorpost, and and he didn't say anything. I think I confused Mechuza with Mezuzah. Mezuzah meaning doorpost. Be that as it may, Ribtavia did not have a problem. Rav Tavla did not have a problem with this. Okay. So the Gemara answers, It could have been that that case was where you had the really strong cord. So get, we get back to the importance of the strong cord, where if it was a really strong cord, that's when Rav uh, right, that's where it's always allowed even if it's attached to the doorpost. However, Rava's uh, qualification that it has to be attached to the door is when it's tied with this dental floss, right? And therefore, in that situation, he's going to need proximity and tying to the door itself. Uh, and that's, of course, only within Rabbi Yehuda because the Rabbanon would not agree with such a um, connection. Okay, 
Another story, Rav Avia Iklan Nahardo, Chazilu Gavra, the Hava Kakatir, Begemi. Gemi is going to be like dental floss. It's going to be reed, which is going to be very weak. So when Rav Avia visited Nahardo, he sees a person tying with a weak cord, right? And Amar Din Lo Nitrok, Rav Avia said, Nope. This door can't be secured with this bolt because this is too flimsy. So we see, again, the prominence of the strength of the cord with regards to the lacha. So we're already 20 lines down. And we're cooking with oil here. Nikmaz. What's going on here? Nikmaz is still talking about a door bolt. Nikmaz is a verb. It's thrust through the threshold into the ground. It's thrust into the ground. We don't really know what these doors are like. Uh... Our doors apparently are constructed very differently. We don't have a lot of drama with shoving bolts into doors. But anyways, this bolt was shoved into the door and into the ground. So you could at least conceptually understand why this would and would not be a problem. On the one hand, it's certainly in the door already. Like, it's shoved seriously into this door. On the other hand, we're going to see there's an issue of mechzikabinyan. Anytime you start messing around with the ground and you're shoving things into the ground, you're going to be close to binyan because that's that's very problematic. We're going to see that later in the halacha when it comes to other kinds of doorways. If you have a doorway, let's say, to a cellar or, or, or a dungeon, you know, one of these doorways where like the trap doors that they have under the rug where it opens up and when you close it, it becomes ground. So those are going to be more machmir. So anything that's, that's getting closer to the ground, you're going to be more machmir because of binyan. Let's see how that plays out in the Gemara as follows. Nikmaz. So you thrust it through the door bolt all the way into the ground. Nahu. Amar. Yosef ma'iti baile. What's this question? Lo hadetanya nishmat aser nikmaz mutter. You never heard of the Bryce? The Bryce says that the bolt, if it's disengaged from the door, if the cord snaps, then it's going to be ulcer. But if it's pressed all the way into the ground, it's mutter. So here, obviously, that Bryce highlights the idea that it's fastened better to the door, right? However, Rabbi Yudah Amar, Nikma Nishmat Aser. Rabbi Yudah is going to say no, that if it's pressed all the way into the ground, right, even if it's still part of the door, it's not detached at all. It's going to be awesome. And in fact, just like they had said before, they say many times, the Lacha is going to be like a Behuda in this, in, in this instance, which means that we're out of the world of a string and floss and strong string and all these attachments to the doors. We literally have a bolt that's totally attached to the door. However, it's thrust to the ground, and that in itself creates an Isser. How so? The time in my asks the Gemara, what's the reason? So, Amar Bai, Mishim de Bai is explaining anything that's thrust into the ground looks like construction. The Ritva says this here, according to Art Scroll, and that we know this to be the case. Okay. So now, what if you have a bolt with an actual handle? So now it resembles like a real clee. Okay, so, you speak of a bolt that looks like a pestle, mortar and pestle. This is something that, pestle, pestle, whatever, it looks like something that uh, can crush things. It looks like an actual clee. So, itmar, because it says, So we have already precedent. There was a psak that this would make it mutter, and clearly that would make it more like more obvious that it was like a kli. Okay, hahu sharisa dehavabe rabbi pedas. Okay, in the home of rabbi pedas, there was a certain beam. This is going to talk about moving heavy things 
switching over into the concept of muktzah, again, having nothing to do with ervin. However, even though it is a beam, but however, the, we're going to have two objects here that are so heavy, and there is a threshold with something so heavy that's no longer considered a kli. As we know, muktzah is something that, when we talk about the history of muktzah, as we learn in Masechus Shabbos, that with kli, they were always historically supposed to be mutter. But muktzah was a dispensation to say that even kalim are going to be aser, um, because we don't want, for all the reasons that we had said uh, then for those gazeros, we don't want the chol to resemble Shabbos and Shabbos to resemble chol. So, but what if something is really, really large? It's not even a kli. So, so then it's going to be even worse in essence, right? It's not going. But in this particular case, even though this was so heavy, to have a madlube, to have a madlube, sorry, we would require ten able-bodied men to move it. They still they would shove it against the door to secure it at night. Still, Rabbi Pedas would allow it. He never protested against this. Despite its massiveness, he still considered it a kli. So I guess that was below that threshold. Uh, similarly, and Asisa is the actual mortar to the pestle. It looks like a bowl. But this one was a giant bowl. This was, this was, this was not any ordinary bowl. This is the big Papa Bear's bowl. They have a machzakas adriva. It would hold a lesech. It, it basically held a giant amount. 15 saw, um, 60 gallons, perhaps a 60 gallon drum of a bowl. So we're talking about giant things, very hard to move. Shara Marshmul, Mishdi Adasha, and Marshmul said, yeah, you could shove that against the door to keep it closed. Birbam is always uh, paranoid. He thinks that these are fire hazards. Could be. But be that as it may, they used it to keep the door closed. Amar Taras Kleilea, and there was no Hilchas Shabbos violation here because it is, in fact, a Kli. Okay. Two dots, three lines down in the wide. Let's talk about Ohel Arai. Again, we brought these topics up before. They are, correla- they are correlated here. Shalach Le Rami Bar Yecheskel Avram. Uh, can you tell us those amazing, do you remember when you were in Shir and we had those amazing Shirim, uh, the Rav Asi taught us on the subjects of what? Of the arches on a boat. Now, if you have a boat, um, and let's say it has arches that look like, almost like um, the ribs of a whale. Right, so it's sort of like this half-arched canopy on a boat. Um, imagine a stroller, and then the stroller has a cover, like a hood, but that hood is not a full hood, but it's simply sort of like bars, right, like arches. So so they had an amazing shear that Ravasi said about this. Can you remind me of that amazing shear that he said about the subject? I love that shear. So Shalok Ravam said back, yes, here's, here's how it goes. Hane Kefi De Arba... Hacha Amar Rabbi Asi. This is what Rabbi Asi says. Honey, kefit the arba mizman sheish ben tefach. Okay, if they are tefach thick, these bars inami ain ben tefach ve'in ben mizazeh shlosha. Or if they're thinner bars, however, they don't have the famous Andrew Singer three tefachim gap between them. Lamacha maybe machzal so far as a land. You can actually bring the hood of that stroller the next day. Meaning on Shabbos itself, you could drape a mat over it. 
Wow, so is that not an oil alright? So what's the reason? My time and my if I oil alright, who have a sharper dummy? Because it's not because already you have an oil harai already. And now you're just adding to oil harai. So what we're learning from here is that an oil harai to erect it lechatkila would be oser. But to add to an oil harai is mutter. Or similarly, anu dichrei dehavale the ravuna. Ravuna had some rams. Now, the way it would work is to be momo bo tula. During the day, they needed shade. Uvalele bo avira. And at night, they needed air. Well, this uh, presented a conundrum but really only on Shabbos. As a conscientious farmer, he would put a tarp over the oil of rye during the day to protect them from the sun, and then he would remove them at night in order to give them the air to breathe during the night. However, what is he going to do Friday night? He's going to remove the tarp, and then what? Shabbos day, he's going to put it back on? How can you do it? So he went to Ravuna. Asa le de Rav. Rather, he came before Rav. This is Ravuna's... Right, it was Ravuna's animals. So he went to Rav to ask the Shiloh. So Amalei, Rav answered as following. Zil kroch budya. Yes, you can roll the mat. Vishari tefach. Just leave a little bit over. So this was clearly going on Friday night. He goes to ask the Shiloh. We once asked Ramapi Chemish Rav Davidovich a Shiloh on Friday night about something totally unrelated having to do with the challah. But be that as may, I'm sometimes amazed. You go to some Friday night to the shul, you'll still sometimes see the rub there hours later. You ask him a Shiloh. So he says, can I roll up the mat? So he says, yes, you can roll it up, but just leave a tefach spread out. Lamachar pashta. And then tomorrow on Shabbos Day, you could actually unroll it and roll it back up. Wow. So that's mutter, huh? It's not an ohel? Yes. Why? Umoisif says the Gemara, al ohel araihu, vishapur dummy. That's a lab because that's not actual ohel. That's adding to an ohel. That's mutter. Okay, two more halachas about ohel arai. Amarav mishumar bichia. Again, this is not just ohel, it's an ohel arai. So that's significant, as we'll see. Vilon mutul and tosam mutul You could hang and take down a curtain on Shabbos. I believe that this was uh, a machlokas elsewhere, um, and perhaps that would depend on the circumstance. But we've already seen this idea of the vilon. We even saw in Erevin, as you might recall, the idea of the vilon for the purposes of allowing people in a shtick to come in from the trum. So whether that would apply here or not. Uh, to this vilon would be interesting. We ended up saying in that Gemara that the vilon was already there. But be that as it may, the mechitza, you're allowed to put up this particular curtain on Shabbos. And similarly, kilas chatanim, the famous kilas chatanim, we've mentioned this since Shabbos, the canopy bridal bed, that famous bed with the canopy, that can be taken down and hung on Shabbos. That this whole idea of the of the canopy, well, that's not really an oil awry. Uh, the way that you avoid it, it's a real oil, it's a real problem, right? But that that problem only exists when you have in the horizontal section of the bridal canopy a tefach width, because that's when it becomes an oil. But without that, then it's not really an oil at all. Um, so let's see what Rav Sheshus continues to say. If it has that extra tefach at the apex, that would be aser. And then he also adds a little bit more chumr to this. And furthermore, that even if it doesn't have a width of a tefach at the top, we're not going to say that it's that we're allowing this ohel arai, except for when the slope of the canopy it has to be very very steep. If it would be mutter if it was so steep that the width doesn't amount to tefach within three tefachim of the top, right? So in other words, within the first three tefachim, 
it can't have such a, if it has such a steep slope that it's within a tefach, that's okay, otherwise not. Otherwise it's usher. And even that could be usher. Where? As we arrive at that underneath the horizontal distance between the foot of it and the top has to be less than a tefach. Uh, then it's going to be usher because the sloping sides of the canopies are themselves regarded as canopies. They have the same status as the horizontal part of the canopy, which they um, they ushered, and therefore that is going to be usher. So it comes out by Rav Sheshis is this incredible chumrah that this whole idea of the bridal canopy being allowed becomes uh, very unrealistic because both the husband and the wife would have to be unrealistic, unrealistically um, emaciated to fit in a bridal canopy that's no more than three tefachim wide. Don't forget, it's a bridal canopy, so I'm assuming it's going to include a chasen kala. And so what, what are we talking about? Uh, like a two fistful <laughs> wide? It doesn't make... Um, it doesn't make any practical sense to say that that would be the um, the width that they expect of a bridal canopy. So what are we actually talking about? To which Rashi, therefore, has to modify it. And as the art scroll illustration shows here, he assumes that it's a series of bridal canopies, uh, sort of like in a ridged action. Ayin uh, Sham. So uh, interesting idea. But be that as may, with regards to Ohel Arai, if it's considered a real Ohel, then we have a problem. But Ohel Arai... We're going to allow. Okay. Uh, and even in this case, it sounds like you're actually making the oil arrive. Okay, so Amar of Shisha Bereder of Edi. Sayana Shari. Oh, a Sayana is a Borsalino. It's a felt hat. You're allowed to wear it on Shabbos. Wow, it's a big Chiddush. You're allowed to wear a hat on Shabbos. Some people won't go out with someone unless they wear a hat on Shabbos. Anyways, the Hatanya Asr. But the Bryce said it's also to wear a hat on Shabbos. Why? Because Ohel, Lo Kasha, Had Isbe Tefach, Had Isbe Tefach. The ones that are also are the old school ones that we wore in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s with the nice wide brim. Uh, brim. But the new Stolze, very, very small brims hat, that's not Ohel because it's like really, really small. It's less than Tefach wide. The Gemara, however, doesn't like that exact uh, comparison. That, that, that distinction because it says if you extend your shana coat let's say that makes you look like et a tefach beyond the front of your head or your hat are you going to say that all of a sudden your coat becomes an ohel nobody would say that so so in other words if the problem is the diameter of brim or the amount of cloth that hangs out that creates an ohel so then we have other kinds of clothing that might actually have an overhang but we never call that oh well that's simply called clothing so what's the answer no we're talking about the hat that's also is the one that is going to fly off and the one that's mutter is the one that's going to be secure and in fact this has nothing to do with uh oh hell per se but it's a hotza issue this is a hotza issue of where we're afraid that it's going to that you're going to carry Daladamas in your because you just bought a very, very fancy, stolzy, expensive hat 
flying off, we're concerned you're going to run after it and carry it to Alan Amazon Therefore, all those who wear hats on Shabbos should uh, buy a deluxe. This is a business idea, not so much for me, but uh, maybe, maybe somebody else wants to get in on this. Uh, Shabbos hat with a chin strap. Okay, it's not really uh, necessary when you have an air because this is a hotzah issue. Okay, the next Mishnah on Kofbezim and Bez. Machzir and Tzir Tachton and Mikdash. Talking about a movable closet or crate. So now the question is, we just talked about doors that are part of a house. What about dollhouses? Or like Aron Kodesh that's, you know, uh, used in all of these backyard minyanim. These kind of movable um, items that have that themselves have doors. So what happens here? Something about Tzir Tachton, Tzir Elyon. What's Tzir Tachton Elyon? So you talk about, like, let's say, we'll call it the... Um, the article calls it the pivot. We'll call it the hinge, right? So you have a top hinge and a bottom hinge. So you can imagine the analogy, right? When you um, when your kid does something great in school and you want to hang it on the fridge. So if you put, let's say, a magnet on top and a magnet on bottom, that, that secures it nicely and securely to the fridge, right? If the bottom magnet gets knocked off, it's a little bit less secure. It's flapping a little bit, but it's still it's on the fridge. Top magnet falls off then the whole thing obviously is going to fall off the fridge. So similarly here, that's how we view the top and bottom tier of a door. So what the mission here is saying is that if the bottom hinge falls off, so that is to reinsert that is not going to be real binion because really the door wasn't falling off. Uh, so, but it is still going to be also it's going to be Isidur Abanon so therefore it's going to be Mutter in the base of Mikdash as we had said before Avalob in Medina but it's not going to be allowed right in the Medina. What does this have to do with uh, Vodas of Mikdash? We said Ein Shvus, as Rashi explained, is only uh, applicable to something that's actually going to hold up the Avoda and make it less smooth in some way. So Rashi explains um, later in the Gemara that maybe you need it for the carbon. This is like a little door uh, that had either the spices or the salts um, or the katoras or other things that they would have needed for the uh, various uh, the carbonus that involved those uh, minerals. Okay. So be that as it may, there is an element of shvus. So to the extent that there could be an element of shvus b'mikdash here, we're going to allow the lower hinge to be reinserted. However, says the Mishnah, if the top hinge falls out, that's it. That's literally mid arisa binyan because that's going to make the door fall off and that to reinsert that is actual binion. Rabbi Huda Omer Elyon b'Mikdash v'Atachton Medina. Rabbi Huda says, "Hey, what are we doing after all? You got this makeshift like movable object, so that should be allowed. That should only be derabanan. Even if the top falls off, even if the whole thing falls off, putting a door back onto a makeshift movable kind of dollhouse slash uh, portable aron, that's not real binion. That's not real building. That's an iser derabanan. Therefore, even the top would be." Um, Allowed in the base of Mikdash, but not in the, in the Medina, and then the bottom one is going to be allowed in the Medina uh, with impunity. So the Gemara, Tanar Banan, Sir Dal Shida Teva Umigdal. The bottom uh, pivot, right? The bottom hinge, we're going to say that's not as bad, of a carriage, crate, or closet. So as we said in the Mishnah, right, that the Mikdash Machzirin, the Medina Dochkin, that you can reinsert in the Mikdash, but not in the uh, Medina, you're not allowed to uh, 
be inserted if it completely came out of the socket, but we do have a little fine-tuning here whereby if the hinge started to slip out a little bit, but it's still there, you can, in fact, uh, push it back in a little bit, okay? However, the top one you can't reinsert altogether. Fine. So now the, the rice is going to explain why you can't reinsert the bottom hinge uh, entirely because they made a gazera that you might come to do makebapatish, right? To knock it firmly back into its place. Why? Because you're annoyed. You have this loose joint here and you want to make sure that it doesn't loosen again. So there will be this tendency um, to want to have to hit it. Ve'im taka says the gemar chayev chatas. Chatas means that there's an Isidore Raisa. Isidore Raisa would have to mean that it, there's a malacha involved. What is the malacha? So it says Rashi that that would be the malacha of Makebe Patish. Okay. Because that's not really Binyan, right? That's important, right? We were saying that that's not really Binyan. You're just putting a hinge back. But certainly fixing something is Makebe Patish. That's even Midor Raisa in this particular case. And then as, as advertised earlier, now we're going to talk about the dungeon door. Shelbor v'sheldus v'sheldyatsiya. So these are pits and cisterns and annexes where they're, they're closing and, and hinging on the ground itself. Lo yachzir. That you certainly cannot reinsert. And reinserting that in itself makes it chatas. So that's where Rashi explains because the Havi Binyan of Machuber Lakaka Chashiv Binyan Bekoldahu. Because any Binyan that's connected to the Karka in any way is considered Binyan. We're, we're very concerned about Binyan near the ground. And so we arrive now at the next Mishnah on Kuf Bez, And it talks about what? Dressing. Not salad dressing, but um, bandages. Machzirin Ritiya Bemikdash. You can replace the dressing of a bandage in the Besamikdash. What's happening here? Well, a Kohen apparently got a boo-boo. And so uh, he needs to go on with his avoda. So at some point, he put on a dressing. So let's say he put it on before Shabbos. So, uh-huh. So now he, it's falling off. So he wants to replace it on Shabbos. So if it's only replacing it and it's not really actually putting it on, so then we're going to see what the malacha might be. But let's say that that would be mutter. That would be mutter. Now, the truth of the matter is, the reason why he removed the dressing in the first place is because he, didn't, he can't have a chatzitza between his hands in all the clay hamikdash when he's doing it. So really he's... He's what? He's taking it off and he wants to put it back on. Now, that's going to be perhaps allowed because he's not allowed, if, he's, if you're not going to allow him to do it, he may just keep it on and then not do the avoda. So this is, becomes a whole thing. Rashi quotes it, that it has to do with the Gemara of Beitzah, V'tirosofan Mishim Tchilasan. Because of the fact that we really don't want that to happen, we're going to allow it. So it's complicated, but be that as it may, we're going to say that it's going to be Aser, but therefore allowed to do the basic English. We're going to see that it's, uh, it gets, we're going to clarify exactly what's going on here. So anyways, certainly to do that in uh, outside of the base of Mikdash is going to be a violation. Now, the other question is, what's the violation? What's wrong with, the, with a bandage and the ointment? So the ointment, the dressing, is memachek. Right, memachek smoothing is one of the lamatas malachos, so that's going to be 
Right, we do have a separate malacha of shechika samamanim, and we say that all medicinal uh, and refu- and all the issues of refua come out of that. But this is a separate thing that has to do with ointments, um, and as Rav Moshe famously said, with toothpaste. So this is the issue of mamachik. So you can't pachki with that dressing and that ointment. So that's what the iser would be. So in the Medina, you can't do so. Im So that's where Rashi explains. Im atzmo. So on Shabbos itself, already, right, you did whatever avodah you did, and you got a boo-boo, so then you're certainly not allowed to do it because that's just for yourself. So Rashi is here highlighting the idea that the interest of Mikdash is only so that you could do the avodah. So there's a Isra Durabanan. Why is it a Durabanan here? Because you're not really doing mamachek. Um, you're simply um, sort of adjusting the dressing. But be that as may, you, that's an Isra Durabanan. Therefore, it will be Asr outside of the base of Mikdash, but in the base of Mikdash. So let's see the Gemara. If a dressing falls off of wound, you can replace it on Shabbos. That's a Tanakama. However, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, so that, that sounds makil. Wow, you could put it back. Wonderful. Okay, not so fast. Um, the Rabbi Yehuda Omer, if it's slipping a little bit, then it's slipping down. You can push it up. If it's slipping up, you can push it down. But however, you can't replace it. When Megala makes the Saratia, he's even going to allow you, right? So now you're wiping off a little bit of the, of the, of the wound. So you want to wipe it a little bit. But again, you can't play with the dressing. So you can expose it a little bit. Megala is to expose it a little bit of the dressing and, and wipe it in one area. Mekanech piyamaka. The choser Megala makes the Saratia. And let's take it from the other side. Mekanech piyamaka. And you're going to start, um, right, wiping it on the other side. However, Ratia atzmaloi kanech. The actual dressing, you cannot wipe that. That's an act of smoothing. And that is where memareach obviously is a derivation. Memachik really is the deraisa. But be that as it may, we know that both for avos and for toldos, you bring a korban chatas, there are iser deoraisa, and therefore you bechayv deoraisa, according to Rabbi Yehuda, for playing around with this, uh, with this dressing. So now, we have two opinions in the Brisa. We have the Rabbanon that say that it's mutter, and we have Rabbi Yehuda who says it's not. So I'm Rabbi Yehuda, I'm Rishmo, Allah Rabbi Yehuda, that it's Aser. So then, I'm Rabbi Chista, Allah Shonu Elev Shepir Shalgabe Kli. What's going on here? So we say that, that, that you're allowed to, what, that the Rabbanon who allow it, not Rabbi Yehuda, but even the Rabbanon who allow replacing it, they only allow you to replace it when it fell onto like a pillow or a mattress. This is amazing distinction that if it fell not onto the mattress but made it all the way to the ground, now it's totally not part of it. Rashi, that no, everybody agrees that you can't place this thing on the chachila. So somehow if it falls off but doesn't make it to the ground, if you could save it, there's a five-second rule or whatever that you could put it back on. Whereas if it falls to the ground, it's game over, and then you can't put it back on. Okay, unusual um, distinction of Rav Chista, to which Amar Mar Barav Ashi, Hava Ka'amina Kameid Abba. I was once standing in front of my father, Rav Ashi, right, because this is Mar, his son. Nafale Abe Sadja Vekamahadele. Okay, a dressing fell off onto a pillow, and he replaced it. Amina Le, and I said to him, Los Avalamar Lahadam Rav Chista Machlokas Shapir Shalgabe Kli Aval Pirsha Algabe 
Karka Asr? So I respectfully asked my father, don't you agree with Ravchista that if it fell onto an object, it would be okay, but if it fell on the floor, that would be Asr? Okay. Um, and of course, Rabbi Yehuda would even say that it's halacha, the Amr Shmuel halacha ki Rabbi Yehuda, but be that as it may, Shmuel said that the halacha was Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda doesn't allow it when it falls off altogether. So it was surprising to Mar to see, or at least Mar is recording, that when he saw Ravashi, Ravashi had said that uh, basically it fell, didn't fall all the way to the ground, but he was able to replace it. Sounds like he was holding like the Tanakama is the point. Okay. Um, and because he replaced it. So it sounds like he said it was Mutter. And that was surprising to Mar because Mar thought that it was Usr. He thought that the Halacha was in fact going to be like Rabbi Yehuda because that's what Rabbi Shmuel said. So I'm Ali, lo Ali. So in fact, right, he said, I didn't hear what what he said. In other words, I don't agree with him. In other words, Ravashi held that the Machlokas was limited to a case where everything fell on the floor. Um, but but if it fell onto some object, it could be replaced even according to Rabbi Yehuda. Wow. So this is a different understanding of the of the Machlokas, right? He had felt, he we thought that Rabbi Yehuda said categorically or unequivocally that you can't replace it. Turns out that that was only when it fell on the floor. But there was a Machlokas um, such that when it fell onto a um, such that when it fell onto a um, pillow, right, it could be replaced even according to Rabbi Yehuda. So the machlokas rather was entirely on the floor, right? So this distinction of Rav is is a little bit different. In other words, Rav Chista introduced us to the distinction, but Rav Ashi understood the distinction differently. Rav is saying there's a difference between the ground and the and the uh, pillow, but. But what we're saying is, no, the way that, that that's true, that there's a distinction, but the way that distinction plays out is that if it falls on the ground, um, then that's where the machlokas is between Rabbi Huda and the Rabbanon. But if it falls on the pillow, everyone is going to agree that it's going to be mutter. That is, in fact, what Ravashi has taught us. And now we arrive on the last Mishnah on Kavbez and Bez, and we'll finish off in the middle of the Gemara here, but let's see what the Mishnah is talking about. A string of musical instrument. Ah, Music to my ears. Here we go. One may tie the string of a musical instrument that snapped on Shabbos. Wow. You could tie it on Shabbos? That sounds like a big kula. Didn't we, didn't, didn't we know that you can't play instruments because you might fix it? What's going on here? You're allowed to fix it? Let's see. The Tanakhama says, that you could tie the string of a string instrument, obviously, in the Bismiktash for the pick, and obviously Shvis Bismiktash because Musical instruments were, in fact, part of the Avodah Samikdash. Avalobim Dina, but you can't do that, obviously, if you're just playing guitar in the clubs. Ah, but you can't, like, start stringing up instruments for the in the first place um, on Shabbos. It's only fixing them. Says the Gemara, we have a b'risa, Riminu, Nimas Kino Shinifsuka, Loya Kosher El Onva, that if the string of a harp breaks on Shabbos, you have to tie it not with a real tie, but with a bow. Okay, so it sounds like you can't tie it with a regular knot. Our mission implies that it wouldn't matter what kind of knot, it would be okay. So this is Gemara Lokasha, Harabon and Varabiliezer. That's a Machlokes, Varabiliezer, the Amr Machshir Mitzvah Dochen, that's a Shabbos Kaishra. Varabiliezer amazingly allows 
Machshire mitzvah, right? Those are the preparations of the mitzvah. That, that just like mitzvahs, the certain mitzvah, Doch and Shabbos, so too the Machshir mitzvah are Doch and Shabbos, and therefore you can even tie the string completely with a regular knot, even though typically that would be Yasser Midar, right? So the Malacha of Kosher. However, the Rabbanon Dami Ein Doch in Einva, and therefore it is the Rabbanon who hold that you don't. Take, you're not, you don't take machshir mitzvah because obviously the tying of the string itself is not the mitzvah it's the playing of the instruments at the mitzvah and therefore they're going to ask you to make it like a bow that is anyway permitted on Shabbos the Gemara however rejects this distinction because it says if it's Rebeliezer who says machshir mitzvah so why does the mission say that you can't string it lechatchila right he, that is machshir mitzvah therefore we shouldn't have any considerations at all uh, rather, the Gemara proposes maybe it's different. El alo kasha, It's a machlokas in kosher. Rabbi Yehuda holds that there's no, as we see, don't forget we're in Erevin now, but we're back in the malacha of kosher that we had in Masech Shabbos. Rabbi Yehuda holds that there's no difference between regular knots and bows, so therefore it's not going to make a difference. However, Rabbanon, that's what the Bryce is. The Bryce is going according to the Rabbanon, who say that anything that can be done with a bow should be done with a bow, and therefore would be also to be done with a regular knot. The Gemara is going to reject this distinction as well. We'll pick up with there tomorrow with Rabbi Yehuda Liba Deman, which are the last words on Kuf Bays, on the last line of Kuf Bays on Lid Bays.